You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. Hey, how y'all doing? Didn't even phase you guys. I don't really talk like that. I'm from Montana, but I've been practicing my Texas lingo while I've been down here. Um... No, thanks, Nick. Uh, it's an honor to be here. I'm super fired up. Uh, the Lord has brought us down here. We, uh, my wife and I, or I got into some trials. We decided to come down here. I'm trying an exoskeleton. Um, I'll be down here for another week, week and a half, I guess. Um, so what I've been doing recently, they have a robot, an exoskeleton, it's called. Kind of hooks on like a backpack and then straps up around my legs and stand up and get walking. It's the first time I've been walking in two and a half years. Uh, the wreck the wreck happened in September 22nd of 2018, so two and a half years, going on three years now. And since the very beginning, I've prayed for a miracle. And I believe the God that I serve is a, is a supernatural God, and I believe that he is going to deliver me and, and, and bring a miracle on my life and I always pictured this day being very different or I guess it would have been about two weeks ago now the first steps I took was in a robot and I always pictured that day very different I pictured right away I believed that I'd be healed instantly when that didn't happen I believed I'd be healed in three months when that didn't happen I believed I'd be healed in six months when that didn't happen I believed I'd be healed in a year and here I am two and a half years later still believing and still striving and that uh, that that picture I had to take my first steps looked a heck of a lot different than strapped up in a robot, right? But God still does miracles. So the last couple of weeks I've been doing some reflecting on, on, on miracles and, and the miracles that we ask for and what it takes to, to, to receive miracles. And the, the first thing, the very most important thing about receiving a miracle, I believe, is having faith. Um, pretty evident, obviously. I'm going to start in Hebrews 11.1. 1. You have to bear with me. I'm a, I'm a rookie preacher, so I still have to use notes. I don't have it all memorized. But Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us that faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see, right? So right away, I didn't pray for a little miracle either, guys. I prayed for a big miracle. I prayed for total restoration and as you can see i the, the doctors gave me a slight to slim chance and it put a big smile on my face and i told them that's all i need and it didn't matter if i had any chance at all because the god that i serve doesn't need any chances he makes his own chances so so that's what i've been striving for the thing that i've realized though in the last two and a half years is we can get stuck in a rut and then we can start to doubt and we can start to question i've never I've never been mad at God. I've never asked why me. I don't believe it was an accident. Romans 8:28 says that God uses all things for his for his good and the glory or for, for his our good and his glory for those that are called according to his purpose. Um, so I call it a wreck. I've never referred to it as an accident cuz I don't believe it was an accident. I believe that I was at a time in my life I've learned a lot of things and one one thing I've really learned is uh, be careful what you wish for. Because I was at a time in my life where I was turning a leaf in my 
life, turning a page, I'd kind of been on that rodeo scene and living for me for a while, and I was ready to, to, to reach other people and be a fisher of men. And I was asking God to grow me, and I was getting a lot of seeds planted. And when you aren't careful what you wish for, you, God might send you a rainstorm to, to make you grow. So, um, but, we've, but we've believed in what, what we can't see from the very beginning. And don't get me wrong, I've had my days. I've had my doubts. I wonder, I've, I've questioned why haven't I got it yet because I believe God could heal me instantly. I believe all these miracles that we read about, I believe that God's the same today as he was yesterday as he will be forever. Hebrews 13, 8 tells us that. So same God that did all these miracles in the Bible is the same God that has compassion and does miracles for us today. Uh, so I've wondered why not? I've wondered what, how come it's taken so long. Um, I got stuck in that rut. But being down here and, and doing some studying that I've done the last couple weeks, there's reasons for it all, right? So, so what do we do when that faith gets tested? Or what, what do we need to do to keep that faith burning and keep that belief in um, one, uh, first of all, we need to keep going to the perfecter of faith. Right. We need to spend time in our word. We need to spend time reading about these miracles. We, I'm in the Old Testament a lot right now, too. And they, as the Israelites were wandering through the wilderness, whenever they'd conquer something, they'd make an altar. And I think that's very important in our lives, too, that we make altars at our stepping stones. We got to... We gotta, God made windshields bigger than our rearview mirrors, so we don't want to be stuck in our past, but we also need to check, check our mirrors every now and then and see where we came from. And uh, so a couple things, or a couple miracles I want to touch on here in Mark. Um, Mark chapter 5, and it's titled, Jesus Heals in Response to Faith. So it's kind of a two-part miracle here, but the first part I want to touch on is the woman... Uh, in the crowd, she had a she had a a bleeding problem, and I'll just read it here. I guess ver starting in verse twenty five. So chapter chapter five, verse twenty five. It says a woman in the crowd had suffered for twelve years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed, off her terrible, uh, been healed of her terrible condition. Uh, it goes on, Jesus realized somebody had touched him. But right here in verse 34, it says, And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Now, this woman had been bleeding for 12 years. That's a long time, right? So I'm sure she doubted. I'm sure she wondered. I'm sure she worried. I've been in that position. I've been from doctor to doctor to doctor, rehab therapist to rehab therapist. We spent a month down here in rehab. I spent seven months in Salt Lake City doing rehab, and then we set up an at-home gym. And... I'm still rehabbing to this day. I try to work out at least five times a week, if not more, and stand consistently and keep my body in the best shape possible for when God does put that miracle in my life that I'm strong enough to keep on walking. But 
Faith is what healed the woman after 12 years. She'd spent all her money trying, but what'd she do? She never gave up. She kept, she kept trying. She kept going to doctors. She kept, kept the faith that she could be healed. She thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, Faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains, right? All you have to do is touch his robe. Uh, the next thing we have to do to receive miracles in our lives is to position ourselves for the miracle. Uh, obviously, once again there, Mark 5, 27, she had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. She, she heard he was in town. She heard there was this compassionate man in town that was healing people. She didn't stay in the house, did she? No, she went to meet him. If I can just touch his robe, she went and presented herself the opportunity to meet Jesus face to face to be healed. So we have to prepare ourselves to be, be healed. We have to position ourselves to be at the feet of Jesus as he passes us. Um, another, another example is in Mark chapter 1, verse 40. Uh, Jesus heals a man with leprosy. Uh, verse 40 says, A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, compassion Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. The man with leprosy positioned himself to be touched by Jesus. He, he wasn't in his room pouting and crying that he had a skin disease. He he, he went and knelt at, at Jesus and, and asked to be healed. Um, another example is Mark 10, 46. I love this one. Uh, the blind Bartimaeus. He was... Oops, let me flip over there. So starting in verse... One more page, verse 46 here. Uh, when they had reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd f followed behind him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you out. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, Go, go for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Now listen, he, that's positioning yourself. He couldn't even see where to go, but... And when everybody was telling him, hey, you need to be quiet. Hey, you're not good enough to get that miracle. Hey, you don't think there's other people out there with problems also. That didn't stop him from asking. Our God doesn't have a limit on the amount of miracles he can hand out. He wants us all to receive it. So no matter what obstacles in your way, it's the enemy lying to you. So don't let any of those hinder you from positioning yourself for Jesus to call you out and hand you your miracle. Um, lastly, I've learned that we need to uh, surround ourselves with people who will get us to Jesus when we're falling a little behind. There's been plenty, 
plenty of days where I doubt myself. Um, I've, being realistic, I've gotten some leg movement back. I have no sensation yet. Um, I get some slight tingling or burning maybe, but as far as touch goes, I can't really feel anything yet. Uh, I have some flight, slight movement from my hip flexors and stuff, but for two and a half years of rehabbing as hard as I work, it's been slight to minimal recovery. And uh, there's been days where I wonder and I doubt and wonder if I really am going to receive a miracle. But the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego really hits home to me also. He said, whether God delivers us or not, we're still going to serve him. Whether God delivers me or not, I'm still going to believe and I'm still going to serve my big God because God is good, right? I'm a broken man in a broken world serving a big God, and I'm going to pass on some inspiration, encouragement, and let God do what he will with me. But we need to surround ourselves with people that will drag us up and drag us to the feet of Jesus whenever we're not able or whenever we're hindered or whenever we are doubting ourselves or whenever we are doubting God. We need, we need those people to pick us up and, and carry us there. And... Uh, story of that is in Mark 2, starting at verse 3. It says, Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. I love love this story. So here Jesus is doing a little Bible study in this this little town, and, and, and the house is just packed. The whole room's packed. It's spilled outside. And here this paralyzed man is on a mat and his buddies pick him up. And, hey, Jesus is talking over here. We, we're going to carry you over there. So they, they couldn't bring him straight to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Then the Pharisees question whether he has the power to forgive or not. And in verse 10, it says, So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive the sin. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked, off, walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. Now, can you imagine that? So here's this house packed, crowded, and his buddies pick him up, carrying him. Each, every, each of them have a corner. They get to the house and can't get him in there. They could have set him down there. Well, shoot, bud, we tried. Sorry. <laughs> or better, better luck next time. We'll try to get here earlier. Who, you know, who knows? But what they do? No, hey, shoot, I think we can get up there on that roof and lower him through the window. So they shimmy up the roof, and still there was no way in there. So what they do? They dug a hole through the roof and if you think about that time there were ground ceilings or mud ceilings with tile on them so they dug through six seven eight inches of tile not a little hole either i doubt they dropped him on his head i mean i'm sure they dug it big as his mat lowered him down at the knees of jesus and said hey let them let it let this man be healed and because of their faith he was healed it takes an army to receive a miracle. So another one is in Mark 7, 32. Jesus healing the deaf man. 
It says a deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to him and the people begged Jesus to lay his hands on the, on the man and to heal him. Verse 35 says, instantly the man could hear perfectly and his tongue was freed so he could speak plainly because of his buddies bringing him to Jesus. This deaf man could hear again and could speak. So Matthew 7, 7 through 8 tells us to keep on asking and we will receive. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to us. Keep on seeking and we will find and those that ask, receive. Those that seek, find. And those who knock, the door will be opened. So when you get stuck in your rut, I don't care how big or how small. God doesn't care how big or how small of a miracle it is that you're asking for. If it's a miracle to walk again, if it's a miracle to find your keys, if it's a, miracle, a financial miracle, maybe a, a relational miracle, a marriage miracle, whatever miracle it is, you are good enough to receive it. God loves you enough to hand you your miracle. He wants, he's a, he's a loving God. I mean, he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. Surely he'll help us get through life with a smile on our face. When we put our trust and faith in the Lord, that's where we find our joy. So don't quit asking. Don't quit believing. Don't quit having faith. Don't quit seeking. I read some notes that I had wrote the other day. I get asked a lot, how, how do you keep such a good attitude? My wife will, surely she will attest to this. I have a pretty good attitude for the most parts, but I have my days too. But yeah, you, uh, when you take your eyes off the mountain, you put your eyes on the mountain mover. Helps you get out of bed in the morning and keep rocking on and rolling on. So we've learned in the time of waiting, don't quit praising God. You got to praise before your breakthrough. Just because you don't get it right now doesn't mean you can give up. And just because it doesn't look like what you imagined it would look like, Isaiah 55 tells us that our way, our ways are not like His ways, and His ways are high high above our ways and his thinking is unlike our thinking so I'm sure the man on the mat didn't picture a hole being dug in the roof before he got healed but by golly what happened that's what happened he got it I didn't picture my first steps being in a robot but I'm positioning myself and keeping myself ready for whatever the miracle may be that I'm going to get it so don't give up don't lose faith keep on keeping on doesn't matter how you get there, whether it's by yourself or with your friends dragging you along. What matters is that you show up. Show up in front of Jesus. Show up at the feet of Jesus. Get there in the natural so God can show up and do the super. Um, just finishing out here, I'll have Mr. Hilton or whoever wants to come up here, and I'll just close in a word of prayer. Well, you can come up, or if you want to close in a word of prayer, either or. But I just want to say thanks for having me and glad to be here. We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. 
If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.